Are you living your best life as a salesperson or entrepreneur? Or do you find you're working all the time on this hamster wheel of life while stressed out and not financially free, which is the exact opposite of what you had signed up for, especially now in this global pandemic? If this is you, you are not alone. I found myself there in 2008 when I lost everything, including my health, and had to pivot working from home for the first time with no money. I rebuilt my life from scratch, juggling motherhood and marriage to get my life back and be recession and pandemic proof today. Now we live laptop lifestyles with our kids and are poised to travel the world together. How did we do it? Join me as I share my health and wealth and wisdom secrets, tips, tools, and expert interviews to equip you to be recession proof and live your best life. My name is Lois Kofi, and this is Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. Well, all right, all right, all right. Happy Friday, everyone. This is Coach Lois here with another powerful episode of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. And I just want to also share this is a unique day, unique month, Um, not only because it is Suicide Awareness Month and we're focusing a lot on mental health um, for salespeople, entrepreneurs, and just really all of humanity. And it's really interesting. It's been a very, very hot week here in Southern California. And today we're experiencing hurricane type weather. So I'm keeping my fingers and toes crossed that my electricity stays on and that you guys won't miss out on this all important message. And if you guys haven't already checked out, I have a website dedicated to this whole month. I've already done some monologue episodes. Um, I've shared a little bit about my story and you'll be hearing more and more um, from me as well as three other guests this month. So I'm kicking off the month with Dr. Christine Sauer, who I met during the pandemic, and she's amazing. Um, she has a very powerful story. So I, I always want to remind people we love interaction, especially today, this month, um, to be able to uh, please hit the share button. If you know someone struggling with mental health or suicidal thoughts, um, just even stress, this message applies to all of it. So sharing is caring. And of course, if you're attending live, comment below, hashtag live city and state and country where you're tuning in from, as well as if you're on the replay, hashtag replay and let us know where you're tuning in from. So um, again, Dr. Christine, I'm so excited to have you here. I know you were trained in Germany um, as a family doctor and as well as a naturopathic doctor. And you thought you had life like already figured out, right? And then 1998, you lost your husband to suicide. You had chronic pain. You immigrated to Canada and you yourself had your own suicidal journey. And now you've turned that pain into passion, helping people with the five dimensions of health um, as a mental health coach. So I'd love for you to share share your story um, and inspire us today. Thanks, Lois. And thanks for your continued support. We have been friends now for a while and I admire what you do. You have evolved just like I do. We all are getting better all the time at what we're doing. And I'm pretty sure when you are watching this now, you feel the same because it's all about personal growth. And this is not meant as a horror story. And if you are on the verge of committing suicide, I I just want to tell you, as long as you're breathing, you have hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. So let's get started with my story. So I grew up middle, middle class household, Germany, became a physician, excelled in school, the class nerd, nobody liked me because of it. And, uh, 
Of course, medical school was easy enough, became a doctor, became a family doctor, dermatologist, allergist, and had a big practice within a few years, waiting time. I thought everything is good, life will be good, I have everything, I had two kids, a miserable husband, but he was an excellent physician. <laughs> he had his mental health struggles, just like I did, but I thought, hey, yeah, whatever, just put a smile on your face and it will go away. So uh, one day I came home and he had killed himself. I won't go into the details, but he was definitely a suicide. It was suicide. He left the letter blaming me, of course. Uh, thankfully, the kids didn't have to find him. And uh, shortly before that, I actually had to sell my office because I had back pain so severe that I couldn't walk for a few uh, weeks and had to spend some time in the hospital learning to walk again, which by itself was quite embarrassing for a physician. Do you have to use a bed bedpan in a hospital? I tell you, it's no fun. I actually talk about that on my website in the about side. I have videos where I share the details, gory details. <coughs> okay, that said, we already had started the immigration to Canada to give our kids an English-speaking better future, hopefully. So I said, oh, whatever. I don't feel good. He's dead. <laughs> I have no job. Let's go and do it. So I came to Halifax in 1998. Uh, no, it was actually the years I get them wrong sometimes. So don't pin me on that. Uh, a few weeks later, I knew nobody. The kids were teenagers. Mm, not very helpful. So typically talk back spoiled teenage brats and they were confused with the environment. I was very in a bad shape. I didn't know what to do. So one day I just sat in my car and aimed for the bridge pillar. But then the little inner voice in my gut woke up the first time ever. And I said to myself, voice said to myself listen to your gut folks listen to your gut mm. I did. i'm glad i did mm. it said to myself hmm, christine you really don't want to die you want help but you're scared to get it because to ask for help takes courage mm -hmm. and stupid me had always thought asking for help is a sign of weakness because doctor here myself yeah right it didn't work so I've, I made the decision. It was the hardest thing I ever done in my life. I drove myself to the nearest emergency room. And I was very fortunate because I told the residents how I was feeling. He, he realized how bad I was and admitted me to the next nearest mental hospital. Hmm. A very interesting, humbling experience. Wow. It changed my life. At that point, I thought my life was over. There was no future, things were hopeless, and the only thing I could do is find a space in the hospital to hang myself there. <laughs> not, not a good idea. Looking back, that was over 25 years ago. Wow. So I was really screwed up. Of course, they pumped me full with medication, and like the other inpatients, I walked around feeling like a zombie. That's why I call those pills now, skipping zombie pills because they really make you feel like a zombie i'm not a big fan they are excellent short-term painkillers that's all they are not mm. for long term in my opinion but that's mine if they're for you that's fine i don't want to dissuade anybody and in my new webinar i talk about that in detail so if you take any pills ask your doctor keep them going don't stop that said 
I struggled with my psychiatrist, typical psychiatrist, good guy, but he'll push up. And I struggled with psychologists. Some of them were good. I had a very good group psychotherapy uh, where I actually learned a new word for me. The English call it assertiveness. It does not exist in the German language. In German, you're either aggressive or you're submissive. There's no healthy middle. So as that was a new discovery for me. Hey, I can be a little bit aggressive. I don't have to be the doormat that I had been all my life, doing what other people wanted me to do. Pleasing hmm. my parents, pleasing my husband, even pleasing the teenage kids, big mistake. So then I started to struggle and under the medication, I felt quite complacent, tired, fatigued. I watched TV, but I met my current husband, sweetheart. So at some point after about 10 years, I started thinking, and I said, what are you doing? You're sitting around reading the newspaper, watching TV, maybe doing a little bit studies like business administration, something like that. But that's not your passion. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? Hmm. I made a decision. I made a decision for change. I decided that the life I was living was more like surviving, but it wasn't the life I was meant to live. It wasn't the life I wanted to live. So by talking to other people, some were coaches, some were friends, some were whatever, <laughs> I realized coaching maybe is a good profession for somebody that can't be a doctor because the medical system in Canada didn't want me. Interesting. They say they need doctors, but they really don't want them. When they are foreign trained, they make it extremely hard. So then I said to myself, I just learn how to do it. So I gobbled everything in that I could. And eventually I healed myself and uh, transition to the person I'm now pain-free, healthy, happy, on no drugs anymore. I got rid of all the psychiatric drugs. I got rid of all the pain medicines in a very systematic, slow, healthy way. I'm feeling better than ever. I'm pursuing my passion and my purpose in my fulfilled life is helping myself to grow <laughs> while helping others to do the same. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, that was amazing. Uh, I'm so grateful for your story and just want everyone to kind of soak that in for a moment. And I do have some questions based on some things you said. Not ironically, it's really cool how we are all connected because my son and I were just driving back from karate last night, Christine. And he's very curious and he's been watching my journey and he, I've been very open about my own um, pain and suffering and um, suicidal thoughts and depression over you know the past 14 years, kind of up and down and awakened to my truth, just like you over the past, uh, really just like two, starting two years ago. And we, we will get to your five dimensions of health, but you said two things that really blew my mind that my son brought up last night in our car. So somehow you guys are connected and we are German heritage. So maybe there's something there, I don't know. But you like said- We are all energetically connected on this earth. I know, I know, I'm just being silly. So you asked, you said you, 
we, there's a sign of weakness to ask for help, which I feel since I have lost 10 friends to suicide, I've lost friends to alcoholism and other addictions. It, it feels like that they all wore the mask and they didn't want to ask for help. They didn't want to be seen as weak. Where do you think that started? I think that starts in the childhood when you get encouraged, hey, be strong. That's not so bad. Put a smile on your face. It will go away. And later you learn that when you go through life with a smile on your face, you're more successful, which is the truth you are. And I don't want to discourage people from putting a smile on their face, even if they don't feel good. But what's important is be aware that you're playing a role. Be mm. aware that it's a facade, that it's a mask and be aware how you really feel underneath, because that was my problem. I had no idea that under that mask, I felt miserable. I knew every now and then I thought about killing myself since I was 14, hmm. and I had episodes of that, but I couldn't talk to my parents about it. They were not open to that. So I told them, oh, I don't feel good. I want to stay home. And as long as I was good in school, that was not a problem. So I stayed in bed for a week and ate my coping mechanisms. Mm. Eating, eating, eating made me feel good. Chocolate, I even ate uh, jam from the pantry. It doesn't matter. Something sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're speaking my language. I mean, that's partially where Healthy and Wealthy and Wise came from, having been in the health and fitness industry, which... Also, by the way, fitness can be an addiction and a coping mechanism. That was one of mine. So there's a lot of coping mechanisms that actually get a lot of social acceptance. And and it's all like you said, I loved what you said. It was like you didn't realize it wasn't that you wanted to kill yourself. You, you really just wanted help. And I was scared to death to ask for help. I'd rather die, I realized, than ask for help. Yeah. And when yeah. I did it, I said to myself, I could could have kicked myself because I said, why didn't I ask before? And actually it did, but it didn't work out. It was miserable. I had bad experiences before and that happens too. And uh, when you carefully address the topic and nobody reacts in a sensible way, you shut your mouth and put the smile back on. Mm. So yes, be aware who you tell that you're feeling suicidal. Yeah. But tell somebody and be it your journal. Yeah. And I think it is important to realize what I did then realize there are people aware in my life then in that hospital that cared more about me and my future than I did myself at the time. Hmm. Never forget that there are people out there that care about you when you're listening to that, when you're not feeling good. There are people out there that care more about you than you maybe do yourself and that want to help you, that want to be there in your life, that want to listen, not judge you and tell you, oh, what a weakling you are. You're such a miserable bastard. That's the stuff that we are telling ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthwhile. Yeah. I am so fake. I'm the least person on earth. I'm an ant and everybody should trample on me. Hmm. That's what we are telling ourselves. 
Yeah, the stories we 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 make up and we attach our worth to are really, really, really scary. And I'll be sharing more of those uh, myself on my monologue. So I don't want to focus on that right now. Uh, so thank you for that, because I think a lot of us, um, I just want to do it myself. You know, that little kid <laughs> says, it's mine. It's, you know, it, it is so programmed. I can um, do it. I can do it myself. And and I, I've always believed that none of us really truly succeed or fail alone because society has so many um, pressures, indirect and direct pressures of marketing, of fake it till you make it, be strong. Like you said, it's not just from our childhood. It continues to be propagated and, and supported and marketed all the way well up into adulthood. So I'd love for you to talk about now, let's transition because I, I want to cover all five, um, the five dimensions of health. And I'll, I'll let you take over from here. Yeah, I discovered over time that when people talk about depression and mental health, many, not all of them, many only think of psychologists, psychologists, and they think it's all the thought. But this is not true. We are more than just our thoughts. The thoughts are important, don't get me wrong. But everything in our body, mind, and soul works together. It's really five dimensions. And I talk about the five dimensions. One, of course, is the physical dimension because our thoughts get produced by an organ in the brain, the most holy, the most uh, amazing organ that we just started to not understand. We don't understand it at all. Some people think they do, but they don't understand at all. Some people say a computer can never understand it all. You're just starting to understand the brain. It's totally amazing. I compared with the radio. It gets waves from somewhere else and it produces music if it works, but you have to tune it to the right channel. So that's what psychologists are good at, that tune it to the right channel. That's the mental aspect. But the radio itself is a physical aspect, the brain basics, and the brain is connected to the rest of the body. Hmm. And that's where the gut comes in. That's where the circulation comes in, the blood flow. That's where all aspects of what we call otherwise health, exercise, movement come in. Very important to keep yourself healthy with good nutrition, good digestion, absorption. I mean, the gut is central and the gut has, has its own brain, the enteric nervous system. The second brain is in the gut. Yeah. Come on, there's your butterflies in the stomach. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. And so we have that hardware, the physical part. We have the software, the mental part. Then we have the social part, because as humans, we are social beings. We need a relationship to ourselves, but also to others, mm. to a partner, to friends, to relatives. We have lots of relationships in this world. And lots can go wrong, lots can go right. And then there's a fourth dimension. I call it the spiritual dimension. And that do not just mean religion, universe, God, whatever you want to call it. I also mean uh, issues like, do you have a purpose for your life? Who are you deep down? When you are at the end of your life that we all will reach at some point, when you look back, what do you want others to say about you? What do you want to be able to say about your life? Do you want others to say, oh my God, she was an angry, miserable person that never helped anybody but herself and made tons of money, but nobody liked her. I really don't want to be known as that. And uh, so most people that have regrets have never lived. 
And that's why they're afraid of death. And I always say, if somebody's afraid of dying, it's a sign that they don't live. Mm. And then there's a fifth dimension, and it's often forgotten, there's a financial dimension. Sadly, it's a fact. If you have no money at all, if you live on the streets, mental health is not a priority. You think of the next piece of bread to put in your mouth. Mm. So you have to have a, a little bit of an income to have any kind of mental or general health. Mm. And then, of course, if you have a little bit more, you are able to afford additional services like as coaches that can help you get your health to the next level. And many people can't afford suitable health care. And yes, the government helps you with the basics, but what the government helps us with is really sometimes not the optimal way to treat it. And I'm very clear about that. I actually made a list 15 misconceptions about depression. And one of them is uh, that we believe that the government and doctors are only there to help us. And you have to read it, what I say to that. It's false, of course, they're not. They're not just there. There's many good good people in government, many good doctors, but many greedy people there too. And I want to say that it's just the truth. We know that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I think it is important to use your brain and go with Buddha that I admire, who said, don't believe anything that anybody says. Don't even believe what I say, unless it agrees what you truly believe in your heart. It's a little paraphrased, but you get the gist. Yeah. That fully believe that. When you think something is true, go on the internet and look for the opposite. Maybe it's true too. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I didn't want to interrupt you. I, I have a couple mm -hmm. thoughts. Can I can I dive in? Um, all beautiful. Love all of that. And with the the, the ironic thing, and I'm sure it's the same in Canada as it is here. I think it's a global conundrum out of those five i feel like most of the world is focused on the financial first they put that first and yet you did put it last i'm wondering if you if you put them in a particular order is it do you start with the physical and then go to mental then social or not necessarily because i i actually depict them in a pentagram okay with the head the brain in the middle they are all connected and all connected with each other. Okay. Because you can't achieve optimal physical health if you do not have the financial resources to buy some of the ingredients to it that we nowadays need from best foods, the best supplements, the best healthcare. <clears throat> it costs money, more than most people have, sadly. And, and, and everything hangs together in some way. That's great. I'm also curious because with what I've seen in society, with myself, with my own mental health journey, and the reason I brought up the financial was I mentally and physically uh, and socially, so three out of the five, and actually, huh, actually all four, I wrapped up my value for the mental, physical, spiritual, and social based on my financial worth. Uh-huh. And so when I was had suicidal thoughts, uh, first time was 2007 because I was homeless and I had lost everything. And I felt extremely judged by close people in my life. And then of course I took that judgment on uh, myself. And that's when all of the, the stories 
started to be created. And then I went through postpartum depression and I, I wore those thoughts and those stories like a brown paper bag around my heart and my head for the next 12 to 14 years. And that's, that's, that's my story. So I'm just curious how many people you work with, oftentimes their physical, mental, social, and spiritual has been caused or devastated, brought down because of their perspective of the financial and their worth being attached to that. Can you speak to that? I think it happens both ways. Uh, when you have a physical or mental illness, it can rob you of your employment, of your ability to make money, and you experience a rapid social downhill up to homelessness. But it also works the other way around. When you go bankrupt, I went bankrupt myself because I spent too much on my business because money didn't pay a role. So money is important. So I had to learn how oh, shit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it is important to actually track what you spend because as a doctor, I never had to, to, to worry about it. So it is important that you watch the money. But if money is your only motive, then you're on the wrong path. Because billionaires are not a bit happier than poor people that have enough to eat. Even poor people that starve sometimes are happier than some billionaires. And that is weird, but happiness is really not uh, conditional on anything. It's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Choose, I choose to be happy. It's sometimes a wraparound in our mind, but you can choose so, to be happy. I, cho I choose to be happy every day. And yes, life throws stuff at me and stresses at me. And my husband gets mad at me for something. But it's his problem. It's up to me what I choose to think about it. Mm. And that's the difference, I think, the inside out thing. That mm. I choose what I want to think of the circumstances. And I want to quote Viktor Frankl. You probably write I love, 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 love that book. Yes. And I just want to tell you a story because when I was 20 or so in the 80s, I studied medicine in Ulm, we had guest speakers. And Viktor Frankl was a guest speaker. Oh, wow. And of course, I went because I had heard he had survived the concentration camps. I found that interesting. And I wasn't any evolved person then. So I was sitting in the audience, heard his story, and I thought by myself, 20 years. No, I was a really young girl. I was busy with marriage, two kids, so and studies, so I was busy. So I sat there listening to him, and I said to myself, wow, what an amazing story. That's pretty much as far as I went then. It didn't sink in. I realized it was an important story, an important man. It was fascinating, mm -hmm. but it didn't really touch me to the bottom of my heart then. It didn't sink in because I wasn't real. Yeah. I think that was the thing. I wasn't real. I didn't know it, but I wasn't real. Mm -hmm. I thought everything is fine. Hmm. wasn't and I didn't know it so later after my own breakdown and resurrection <laughs> I reread it of course and I remembered him and I said oh wow wow what an yeah. opportunity that I missed to talk to him <laughs> have a picture taken for social media no 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 that is not that important <laughs> nowadays I didn't even have a cell phone then <laughs> 
<laughs> an afterthought to 30 years of 40 years after the fact i'm 61 now <laughs> but uh, it, it was great and he actually chose his thoughts in the concentration camp he survived yeah. it and he founded the logotherapy and the book is an absolute must read yeah and search for meaning by victor e frankel yeah and he even had a second one um it was a it, it was a, a like a part two um oh yeah so I definitely encourage you guys to read that book. It's an oldie, but a goodie. And how cool was it that you saw him? I just want to remind you guys, if you're just joining us, um, this is a special month, special edition of Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. All month we're talking about mental health, suicide awareness, and you know why is this important for salespeople, entrepreneurs, business owners? Because your mental health, um, your spiritual health, your social, uh, going through the five dimensions here really quick, your, your physical, mental, social, um, spiritual and financial, it's all an extension of your, you know, as within, so without. And we want you to be and become and stay to the best of your ability, the highest and best version of yourself. So if you have questions for Dr. Christine, this is the time to ask. We're going to go for probably about another 10 minutes, Dr. Christine. And, and we just want to, I want to give the audience an opportunity to ask questions about mental health. Uh, I guess one question that I have for you until I see any from the audience and oh, by the way, guys, please hit the share button. Um, sharing is caring. This is a very, very, very powerful, very, very powerful topic. Okay. Um, is there any signs of someone, because I've had friends who committed suicide that it, no clue, had no clue. I just heard another story because of my focus of this month of a, one of the happiest news anchors in Wisconsin um, her boyfriend dumped her the next day she committed suicide. Nobody saw that coming. So what do you see as any kind of signs? How can we be aware? I think the best way is to squash the old misconception that somebody that talks about wanting to commit suicide will never do it. That is not true. The opposite is true. Somebody that talks about that they are not feeling good, that they are thinking of doing something, they need help. They need somebody to talk to right away as fast as possible. What can you do to help? You can't help everybody yourself, but sometimes it's good just to slip them a little piece of paper. Here's, here's a helpline. Here's a telephone number you can call when you don't feel good and before you do it. Or watch this podcast and see how other people dealt with it that made it through it. And or I know you don't feel good because your boyfriend just left you. I know that's, that's hard for you. How are you feeling? A simple question and a listening ear can help, but don't judge them and don't say, hey, yeah, we all get down when the boyfriend leaves us. Time will tell. It, it will okay. You get another boyfriend. That's not helpful. Then it's important, I think, to be aware that one of the most dangerous times and many people don't know that, and many psychiatrists don't know that, is when antidepressants get prescribed new, the dosage gets changed upwards or downwards. It's a trigger yeah. for suicide. It yeah. was a trigger for mine because my dosage was adjusted shortly before I tried it. Yeah. But it was so early that it wasn't generally known. Now everything has a black box. So it's very important if you choose to take those medications or you know somebody else takes them, started them, change the dosage, watch. 
Yeah, that's so true. I, I remember that at least two of my friends, at least, and one of them was a, get this, a pharmacist, right? Yeah. So and sadly, it's not just suicide, it can also be homicide. And I know some of the school shootings have been linked to drugs. Wow, to, to the, you're talking about, I just want to clarify, the change of their dosage helps them. New prescription or change of the dosage of psychiatric medications can be very dangerous. Yeah, yeah, a couple of my friends, that was exactly what happened. I know that that was actually the, the main trigger, and it always starts right at the beginning. A lot of uh, a lot of them get multiple, like almost like a cocktail of three or four. Even my husband, this is blood pressure, okay, just completely different conversation. Um, he was going to be given a third medication, and he fought it. He's like, nope, um, because he knew when he, in past, when he was going to have that third medication, it messed him up for days, even weeks. And so it doesn't have to be antidepressants, right? It could be any kind of medication. I, I was a health coach for a while for a big name company. I won't say the name, but I had to quit because I was trying to help people uh, for their insurance benefits. And it was like, I spent uh, of the 20 minute to 30 minute call that they were given as part of their health insurance. It was like, at least 10 to 12 minutes was talking about how many medications they were taking. I couldn't even get to the good stuff until like the second call because there was so, they were just, they were just tormented by all of these medications and how it, they weren't feeling better. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so intense. But anyway, I, I do want to give an, an acknowledgement to Maxine. She said something that maybe you can speak to, uh, not maybe, I think you can. Her husband committed suicide a number of years ago and she felt so guilty, like she should have done something. How many of us who've lost, and I've lost 10 friends, right? <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, uh, I should have done something. I hear that. What, what, what can you say to Maxine and people who feel that way? You know, I thought the same way when my husband committed suicide and I actually had done something because I had done at least 50 interventions in the past with him because he wanted to commit suicide all the time during our 17 years of marriage. And still I felt guilty. I said, what did I miss? I shouldn't have gone out that night. I shouldn't have gone over to my friend that night. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. You know, we can only help other people if they want the help, if they are willing to accept the help. And if they are just not ready, they will do whatever they feel is right for them in the moment. And there's nothing you could have done or not done to cause it. Now, sometimes we do things that looking back, we're really foolish, we're big mistakes. And I've done big mistakes that I later could have kicked myself and said, I made things worse with that decision. I didn't help that person. I made that person worse. And mm. then we have to learn a very important skill, which is forgiveness. Mm. Forgiving ourselves and forgiving those who did us wrong, which could be our parents, our family members, our partners, or other people. Or even mm -hmm. if they are no longer there, we can still choose to forgive because it's for us that we forgive, not for them. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you, first of all, Maxine, for being vulnerable and for sharing that. I do want to share a quick little story and then I'll, I'll ask you about your, your free gift, Dr. Christine. Um, it's a very powerful one, guys. Um, forgiveness is so key. 
because uh, that's not necessarily a skill that they teach you in school or in in sales training 101 right and and uh, I uh, I started doing ayahuasca psilocybin plant medicine to help me um, because I had so much grief so much unlocked trauma that I got stuck in my left side of my brain, which now I coach on this because if you're stuck in your left side of your brain, that's the masculine side that says money, numbers, you know, metrics, Excel spreadsheets, go, go, go. And it completely, I was completely blocked away from my right side, which was the creative, the intuition, the love, the compassion, the forgiveness, right? And so ayahuasca and psilocybin, I had a lot of my friends who committed suicide who would visit me in these plant medicine journeys. And oh my gosh, time and time again, I cried and I cried and I cried and I forgave and I forgave and I accepted the grief. Because before that, just to give you an example, Maxine, and, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit, um, is I was so numb from all the grief. I didn't accept it. I didn't process it. I just worked and drank over it. And I see this a lot in sales and in business and in society, numbing mechanisms so you don't have to feel. Because then if you don't feel, it's not real. So is there anything else you wanna add to that about forgiving yourself and even allowing yourself to grieve? Because I didn't even allow myself to grieve. I think whatever emotion there is, it is important to allow it. That does not mean that you allow yourself to express every emotion. For example, when I get really angry, I choose whether to express it or not. And sometimes it's more helpful to not. Because if I get really angry and I punch a hole in the, in the door, I have to fix it later. I don't want to. It's even worse when you want to punch a person that really did you wrong. And Sometimes it's better to punch a pillow instead or just to write in your journal and express the anger in words. Some people can transform it, all kinds of feeling, not just anger, of course, into art. I love ah. creativity, art. Yeah. Uh, it, it is wonderful what some people can express that way. Freud called Freud, Sigmund Freud called it sublimation, transformation of emotions into art yeah I like that it's, it's it's really helpful that's beautiful yeah my husband became a painter during the pandemic i've gotten back into singing drumming and writing well thank you so much dr christine this has been very powerful uh, and i know you have a gift and this gift guys is going to be inside of uh, the show notes so i won't be sharing the link on the screen but um tell them about the the, the feel good fat loss program right is that that's what it's called yeah, I, I made a, pre a presentation, a web class. It's really fun. Actually, you will see uh, why my honeymoon 1981 did not go well. There was a very bad moment there. And you will also meet Columbus. One more thing, if you are old enough to remember Columbo. The I love Columbo. Oh, by the way. <laughs> One more thing. Um, and I... I am teaching how to lose weight because I noticed many people that have depression and mental health issues are overweight and suffer from it. So I said, and they have gut health issues too, which is very common, mm -hmm. extremely common because your gut and brain is connected. I call I had it that. gut brain connection or weight gut yeah. brain connection. And so I can teach them how to lose safely uh, weight 
repair their gut as well, uh, repair their mental health with natural means. And since it's so important, I also included uh, a, a, a section about what I now call the zombie pills, psychiatric drugs, and a little bit about how to safely withdraw from them. But I'll make a separate presentation from them. So if you watch it, you will be sure to be invited to that next event when that comes up. Beautiful. You do such amazing work. I'm so proud of you. So grateful for your mission, your message, um, and that we connected amidst the the pandemic. And I, I have one more question for you, um, but I did want to let people know about our upcoming guests and my upcoming event that where I will be sharing more of my own story of overcoming mental health, suicidal thoughts, but then how did, how did I heal all that to then be more passionate and mission driven inside of my life? And then of course, our business is an extension of that. I call it my Midas Touch super conscious creation class. <laughs> it's next week, Friday, uh, a little bit earlier than today. So 8.30 a.m. Pacific to capture all of my friends in Europe Africa and different parts of the world, sign up at magneticmindsetclass.now.site. Feel free to bring a friend or your sales team, your partner, your spouse, significant other. Feel free to share it um, with people you know that are feeling maybe kind of stuck in their business. Um, I bridge the spiritual with the sales and help you have breakthroughs, even just this one class, free, totally free. You could have a breakthrough that changes the end of the year for you because we really only have one quarter left um, of 2022. I don't know where the time went, Christine, um, but how you finish this year is going to dictate how you start the next year. So I really want to encourage you to go there and sign up for my free class. And then, of course, next Tuesday, a, a special episode, um, my friend and mentor, Alexander Quinn, who wrote the book about star seeds. Uh, he's gonna be on, it's a special show, so it's Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, he's gonna be talking about his own uh, mental health breakdown and how he discovered he was a star seed and what the heck is a star seed and are you a star seed and how are they transforming the world um, from a galactic standpoint. So if you felt like me, like a black sheep and now cast to the family, it's very probable that you are a starseed. So I really am excited to bring that message to my podcast because it could be seen as taboo, could be seen as weird. And I love taboo. I love weird because I, I that's one of the things, Christine, that scared me and, and made me drink and work too much because I didn't want to be seen as weird. I didn't want to be different. And I, I conformed to the world. And that's really what caused me to, to want to think about killing myself. And literally, even though I, I wasn't committing suicide, I was drinking and working myself to death if I had stayed on that path. And so I'm excited to have Alexander next week, Tuesday. So last question for you, Dr. Christine, that I ask all of my guests. When you hear the phrase healthy and wealthy and wise, what does it mean for you today? For me, what it means is that we only have one sparkle and I call it the daily sparkle. I wrote a journal, Daily Sparkle of Gratitude for people. It's free on my website. And what I mean by that is our life is finite. And all we have is this moment, this daily sparkle. And mm. it's our choice whether we use it for our benefit, that of others and the world at large, 
or if we let others extinguish it and let it go out. I love it. Beautiful, beautiful. And if you guys want to, um, I'll, I'll drop your, is if it's okay with you, um, Christine, I'll put your, your uh, Facebook group in my show notes. Would that be okay? Facebook or my website. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get all that, um, all the links plus her amazing uh, program that she was talking about that can really help you heal your gut to go through those five dimensions in, and, and really get to the root cause of, of what's disallowing you from living your best health, your best wealth and your best wisdom, because they are all connected guys. All right. So until next time, um, here's to your best health your best wealth, your best wisdom. And again, sharing is caring. Please hit the share button if you saw value in this message today because you might just save a life. All right, bye. Bye-bye for now, guys. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for attending another amazing Healthy and Wealthy and Wise show. Thank you so much. Please subscribe, download, leave a review or a rating. And also, if you felt like you could benefit from some help, maybe some magnetic mind support, maybe some lead generation and sales strategy, I would love to gift you a free month of my membership or go to bookacallwithlois.com. That's right, www.bookacallwithlois.com. And if you haven't had a one-time free strategy session with me, that's my gift to you today for attending all the way to the end. Here's to your best health, your best wealth, and your best wisdom. <laughs>